Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are delivering your orders right to your car. All you do is you open up the Giant Eagle app and it's curbside delivery, uh, contact-free and all that other lingo that applies right now. I'm joined by Tom Reed uh, out in Columbus, and they have Get-Go's out in Columbus, out there in the Netherlands. <laughs> We've had Get-Go's forever. I mean, I, I can't. I, I can't didn't know that. We don't have get, get goes everywhere. We have we almost have one on every block. I'm I'm a loyal get go member. I, I just got gas there not long ago. Uh, see, I I know of the one that's in in Reynoldsburg because Reynoldsburg's where I would hang out because they had the 24 hour Starbucks there. Uh, also home of Le'Veon Bell, by the way, native native ground of Le'Veon Bell. We're aware. We're aware. I am certain. I'm certain. Uh, so you wrote uh, an extensive piece for us on the site that apparently nobody read and nobody had any real reaction to. So how do you feel about that coming to us and writing something that absolutely nobody read? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very kind. Uh, and that's why I signed here. Uh, no, it's just, uh, you know, we, we, when we, when we first talked, we were just deciding, you know, who could we, who could we write about right away? Of course, obviously we're in, in a situation right now where, uh, uh, ac access to uh, people are a little bit limited. And I was had had a little little bit of a runway. I said, "Well, let's go for one of the the bigger bigger personalities, uh, no pun intended, in in, in the market." And uh, uh, with 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 Mark Madden, and uh, was able to sit down with Mark for about ninety minutes last week. And uh, you know, the, the challenge with something like this is, uh, again, he's been in the market for like twenty five years. Uh, you don't want to write about what Mark thinks about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster because everybody knows what Mark thinks about that or what he thinks about the Pirates. But just a chance to maybe sit down and, and talk to him a little bit of how, how he got this far along in his career when, uh, you know, it really is kind of his second act. You guys, uh, I believe, believe, worked together at the Post-Gazette. You were still in, uh, for the most part, in the print business. Uh, Mark now is uh, pretty much uh, a full-blown uh, radio personality in Pittsburgh. So I just thought he would be make him kind of an interesting first profile uh, coming in. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll confess as as someone who's who's known him for a very long time. Uh, you mentioned the Post Gazette. We also played deck hockey together. He he coached me. I was on line with him. There's all. I mean, he was. Ref in there. I was ref in there. Uh, this was up at Penn Hills. Uh, gotten to know each other a lot, and at the same time, there were still a couple of things in there that that kind of threw me a little bit. Um, you know, the stuff that, you know, stuff that I hadn't known or hadn't heard. I guess what I wanted to ask you more than anything, this time being serious, the the article has had a massive response, uh, both in terms of readership and reaction. Uh, did that surprise you at all? Uh, the, the reaction to it? The reaction yeah. to it? Uh, well, not really. I, well, I, I mean, who knows, right? You, you never know exactly uh, how a story is going to go over. But when you when you think of in terms of, of of Mark Madden and the fact that his ratings have been so good and he's also, by his own admission, a, a very polarizing character, you're going to have probably a lot of people that, that, that like Mark and support what he's done and the, the, the way that he kind of takes some stands that other people won't. And there's going to be others that don't like Mark and, 
and just looking in the comments, it was kind of what I expected. There were there were people that that, that like Mark and that like that the it was uh, you know kind of a story on him uh, as a, as opposed to was a kind of story of again of what he thinks on the air all the time. And then there were people that this is I don't like Mark Martin. Why would you Why would you write about this? Because I know so much about Mark Martin. I don't like his style. So he's one of these people, and I think it's it's smart in the business. I mean. Uh, maybe 50% of the people agree with you, but 100% of the people know about you. And um, I think that's, uh, and I think the, the comment from Ric Flair in there was, uh, I thought Ric Flair kind of nailed it in the sense that there's a lot of people out there that don't care about people that sit on the fence. They want people with strong opinions. And yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean everyone agrees with you, but a lot of people are reading or listening. All right. So your phone rings and it's Ric Flair. Take me through this. Oh, oh no, that was that was that was actually him. That that was actually Madden. That was on Madden show the day I was there. Yeah, his his phone rings and it's Flair. Um, I I, I got to tell you, I, I I was kind of waiting on pins and needles for two days, and I told people Rick Flair is supposed to call me, and everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, both of us have been doing this for a long time, and we've we've been fortunate enough to cover a lot of professional athletes, and you know, our phones have you know we have some numbers in our phones, but no one's yeah. usually. Oh, Rick Nash is calling you. Oh, okay. Or, or, or you know, somebody from Oh, Bernie Kosar. Oh, that's cool. But Rick Flair, Rick Flair. Yeah, that's another level. <laughs> I got like three text messages just today, just saying, God, I am so jealous that you got to talk to Rick Flair. Talk to Rick Flair. I, 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 could, I felt bad is, because like, I, I, yeah, it was great, but I, I don't, don't probably didn't appreciate it more than some of the other people did. Like I could tell my kids of any athlete anywhere that I interviewed that have absolutely no impact on them. But then last year when the Penguins were playing the Kings out in L.A. and the Kings were like, uh, they, they announced through the press box that Snoop Dogg is going to be available at the first intermission. <laughs> See, that, that is like, you can't even think of it. Yeah. Snoop Dogg happens to be a Steelers fan, right? If you remember the famous right. Thomas video. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, so I'm sitting there going, I'm not doing anything, right? So I close up right. the laptop and I go and I ask Snoop a question about something, I don't know, something about Antonio Brown or whatever. He didn't have much of a reaction to it, but it didn't matter. I got Snoop. I interviewed Snoop Dogg, came home, told my kids about it, made everybody right. happy. Yeah, it's uh, the power of celebrity. You watching the Stanley Cup playoffs at all? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, like a lot? Yeah. Like you leave it on like around the clock? No, um, you know, uh, you know, my previous life, I've covered the Blue Jackets a lot, and I'm married, since it's my first time on the show, I'm married to a girl from Irwin, so I've been watching the Penguins for, you know, 30 years now, even more, so certainly watched those two series, uh, watched briefly the Rangers series, and yeah, at night, when, you know, when, when everything kind of calms down, I would like to watch the games out west, if, if, if you can, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of it. What do you think of the hockey in general? You know, has it been good? Has it been bad? I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I'm tired of talking about the crowd effect and whatever else. I, I'm just just the actual play, the quality of play that we're seeing. I think it's been good. I think it's one of the things that's interesting. I, I was sharing this with somebody yesterday, and now now Montreal fought back and and forced a game six yesterday. But there have been a lot of like lopsided series. It's almost like the NBA's first round. The NBA first round. Usually there's tons of sweeps and, and four one series. And usually with the NHL, we get, you know, a couple of game sevens. Uh, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But it seems like when teams have jumped on their opponents early in series, it's been very hard for the 
for 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 whatever reason uh, to fight back. Uh, but I think that I think the hockey's been fairly compelling. I, I think it's been I think it's been interesting so far. And, I, and just like anything else, if you love a sport, you're going to watch it. I don't care if there's no fans there or not. I, I, I you know I've been getting into the games. Now that you've seen Montreal, uh, not just through one series but through two series, and they're and they're pushing the Flyers hard here. How much of what happened to the Penguins was about the Canadians, and how much was just about the Penguins? Uh, I still think it's 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 probably more about the Penguins, but uh, certainly, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never been a even though I know he's a great goalie. I think Carey Price, uh, to me, in watching him over the years, has been one of those guys that have won won a lot of his share of regular season games. Has always been a great player, but just been on a team that doesn't score. They don't make the playoffs very often. I've, I've kind of compared him in some ways to um, Carmelo Anthony, you know, the basketball player, and that, that all of his best moments have been on the international level. He's won on the, I don't want to say the coattails, but has, has won championships with Canada instead of kind of doing it in the playoffs. I thought he was terrific against, uh, yeah. thought he was terrific against the, the Penguins. And the Canadians are one of these teams um, – I, they're not. They don't play stylistically the same way, like Columbus, like the Islanders. They like to clog things up and make it difficult on teams like Pittsburgh uh, to bring it through the middle. And you've got to find ways. You got to find ways to beat it. I think one of the most interesting things to bring it back to Pittsburgh that I have seen so far, and you may you, you may not agree or may disagree or whatever, is I think the Penguins can learn something from what the Lightning did. Uh, the Lightning last year was swept by the Blue Jacks, a historic sweep. First time a President's uh, Trophy uh, club it was swept out of the first round. And then well, they hell, it was historic just because Columbus had never won a playoff series before. Right. So there's that well, sure. <laughs> But the point is that they, they – last year I thought Tampa Bay really could only play one way. They were fast. They were, they were a team that was very offensive-minded. And when they got up against a really structured team uh, like uh, the – the Blue Jackets, they, they forced you. I mean, you've got to dump the puck a lot. You've got to be patient, and you've got to wait for your chances. They couldn't play another way. They, they really could not play another way. And this year, they went out and made adjustments uh, at, the, at the deadline throughout the course of the season. Uh, that, that third line was the, the, their best line. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Right. And I think that the Penguins, obviously, they're going to have to make some adjustments here after getting knocked out so quickly two years in a row. Uh, that's something – Obviously, they're going to have to find some more, a little more, more talent, get a little bit younger. But we saw what happened in 2016 with an infusion of some youth, some speed, some grit, some something like that. And that's what I, I saw with, with, with Tampa Bay. And I think that's something that, that could help Pittsburgh uh, as they come back and try to make a deeper run next year. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Tom, as I watch these, if I were to watch them, these playoffs, and I've had them on kind of like as – I don't know, call it background music. That sounds insulting, but you know how that is. You have the laptop open, you're doing stuff, you're doing work, and it's on right there. And when, whenever you hear an announcer get an inflection or whatever, you look up or something, or there's a power play, you'll stop and pay attention. And that's kind of the, the way I've been watching these. If I watched the whole scope of these playoffs with nobody wearing uniforms, do you know what I'm saying? Not naked. I mean, like, just so you couldn't tell who it was who. And, yeah. and I'm 
in trying to identify or pinpoint what the personality is to these playoffs so far, I'm looking at, even though they've been eliminated, Columbus, the Islanders, the Canucks, and there's some common denominators there with these teams. Montreal, really, to an extent, is another one. Yeah. Where you're saying you, because they're, 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 they're skating, they're staying structured, but they're also in your face. And it's been really, really impressive uh, to see that. And I, I know we, we all in, in, in our business can have a tendency to overgeneralize or over-stereotype, but it's increasingly, it's a young man's sport. And there's not much room for older, older guys or older teams in this other than the Dallas Stars. And there's the only the, the, Dallas is really the only team that jumps out like that. Boston, go, Boston. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, but although argue, you could argue that Boston's impact guys are, you know, Pasternak and so forth. But, yeah, the – I mean, especially with the great series that David Krejci's having, it's their older guys that have, that, have, that have been good so far. But, yeah, but Dallas is the one where you just, it's just a bunch of old dudes, right? It's all Pavelski right. and Corey right. Perry and all those guys. I just I, – I, I feel like the combination of the, the four-month shutdown and the pandemic and the fact that these younger legs were able to come back and just immediately start churning again is a mm -hmm. big difference, is a big difference. Oh, without question. And, 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 again, just like you said, there are very few, especially in the East, but in the West, uh, God, I mean – I, again, I know you're not watching every night, but Colorado just and, and I don't know Colorado is my pick, man. Arizona. Two months ago, I picked Colorado, and because I saw all the injuries with, with that they had at the time, with uh, Nathan McKinnon was down, Miko Rantanen was down, uh, they had a bunch of players that were hurt. Kale McCarr lost some time. Watching that group, are you kidding me? What they're doing right now, that yeah. if that is top favorite. I, I don't know who is. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see him play somebody other than Arizona, and we will soon. But but my goodness, mm -hmm. I mean, to watch them late in the back when there was a season, and then and then now again, it's they're just terrific hockey. They're doing they're doing what we thought Edmonton was going to do when they started putting <laughs> all the players together. And Edmonton is just, I, I it's it's just it's hard to fathom. It's it's Edmonton hard to fathom is, how they Edmonton is just work. dot 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 Edmonton doesn't matter who you put there. It just doesn't. Switching up to football here, you cover just as much football as you have hockey. It's like it's almost a, like a 50-50 for you, right? Yeah, I've covered a lot of Browns, which means I've covered a lot of losses. I've covered a lot of <laughs> over the years. Well, as um, someone who has covered the Pirates, I've got you beat on the, the losses count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. But, uh, you, well, don't forget, before I covered the Browns, uh, when I was at Plain Dealer, I covered the Cavs in Kyrie Irving's rookie year, where and I know you've seen some lopsided bas or, I'm sorry, lopsided baseball games, but until you've been to an NBA game uh, between the Detroit Pistons and Cleveland Cavaliers, where there were probably 3,000 people in the building, and the score was 100 to 50, you have not seen that team yet. So wow. uh, okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot of losses. And, of course, you know, obviously the Blue Jackets are a lot better. Um, but, you know, the first couple of years I was on the, that beat, uh, I saw a lot of losses there. But, yeah, with the Browns, um, yeah, that, obviously last year there was so much expectation. 
and they did not come close to living up, the, up to the hype, and we'll, we'll see what they do this year. Well, that's the, actually what I wanted to bring up with you here, because there's expectations are being raised by some, not by everybody here uh, for the Steelers. I think there's, it, the, there's still a, a shell shock effect from what happened to the offense last year without Ben. When you go from fourth in the league in total offense to 28th, there tends not to be a, gee, why did that happen effect? It just feels like it happened. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, think, I think that with Ben being back, Ben's looking great, not good, great in camp, like the best he's looked in a long time. Uh, and the weapons that he has, there's cause for optimism. But what about the rest of the AFC North, uh, starting with Cleveland? I mean, is, are, are they to be – why would anybody ever take them seriously, basically, Tom? That's what I keep coming back to. All they do, I say this all the time, all they do is they go out and they buy toys. You know, they get yeah. toys and they never put together a football team. Yeah, and, and I think they're in that, they're, they are in a, a very unfortunate situation this year. I mean, every team's obviously dealing with a pandemic. but And, of course, you can say this about the Browns every year, but they're, they're bringing in a new coaching staff, right? They're, they're, they're kind of starting over with a every lot of things. Every year. Uh, so this is a bad year to be starting with a new offensive scheme. Uh, although there's talent on the offensive side of the ball, uh, but just not being able to get out there, this team needed, I think needed those exhibition games. Uh, I think they will be handicapped. I think they do well if they get to, uh, eight and eight, I, I, you know, last year they only won five games, but they have the talent on offense. I think they have the best running back in the, in, in, in the division. In Nick Chubb. In, in Nick Chubb is, is yeah, I, I, I can't make a 2018 James Conner version uh, argument oh. over Nick Chubb. He's, he's, he's legit. He's one of the, yeah. if not the best, one of the best in the league. Uh, defense, defensively, uh, there's going to be some problems, and they've already, you know, speaking of which, Nick Chubb had a concussion hit by Mac Wilson, one of the linebackers they're kind of depending on yeah. the second year. And now Wilson's going to be out for an extended period of time on a team that is really needs linebackers. Uh, so, you know, again, I, 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 maybe they surprise, but I see them kind of like in that middle of the pack, eight and eight. Uh, okay. And well, the staying, stay, go ahead. It's all about Baker. Man. This season is all about Baker. It, it is. But, it, but at the same time, Tom, you, we can say that until we're blue in the face and until Cleveland has an offensive line that blocks for him until they use Nick Chubb more often and more the way they should and run play action, then Baker Mayfield's just not going to matter. Am I wrong? Well, I think it's very interesting this year that they're bringing back the, uh, the wide zone blocking scheme, which was so successful for them a couple years ago. They kind of got away with it. So obviously some teams use it, some teams don't as far as using it a lot. I think it really fits with what they want to do, uh, and it'll allow for a lot of play action if it does work. So I'm very interested to see what they're going to be able to do out of that. They did go out and obviously invested a lot of uh, you know, their first round pick in a in, left in, tackle on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, they also brought in Conklin. Finally. They brought in, brought in Conklin, who was who's a really good guard from, from Tennessee. The big question there again, you, when you bring in a new left tackle, first of all, he played right tackle in college, and anyone mm -hmm. who knows the game will tell you that is a very hard move going from right tackle to left tackle. Not that it can't be done. As a rookie with no summer reps. Right. No summer no, – no, yeah. no OTAs, no exhibition right. games. 
again, this is where we go back to where I, I think they're if they get to eight and eight, it's a pretty good season. Uh, Cincinnati, we can pretty much just dismiss. Uh, I mean, it'll be fun, maybe, possibly watching Joe Burrow mature. He's got wide receivers. Uh, yep. He also has no offensive line, and he's going to spend most of those 16 games on his back. The defensive guys that the Bengals have uh, are still big names, but they're also names who were bigger in the past. I, I, I can't imagine the Bengals being even remotely competitive. Can you? Uh, no, this, this is certainly, as you said, this is all about Joe Burrows. We'll see how he does. You know, again, we, we've seen quarterbacks come in, and you could tell even on bad teams, Peyton Manning, I think Peyton Manning threw a, a zillion interceptions his rookie year, but mm -hmm. you can tell way. Like, you can see it, yeah. Really good. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so I think that's what more than anything, and to your point, the, the, you know, he's still ambulatory at the end of the season uh, and not doesn't get hurt. Uh, they're a couple years away, but, you know, they, they needed that. It's, that's a great pick for them. Uh, and, you know, here in a couple years, may, maybe as some of these other teams like Pittsburgh get older, uh, maybe they can move up. And then, of course, there's the, the other team at the top. Well, yeah, I was, I was purposely saving them uh, for last because Baltimore has a couple things working against them for all the good that we saw out of 14 and 2 last year. Uh, one is that they're going to be without Marshall Yanda, their guard. And th that's a big, big loss for that team. Uh, so much of their, their, their scheme, their ability to run the ball, uh, not, just, not just Lamar Jackson running the ball, but all of them running the ball, had so much to do with Yanda. I don't know that they expected him to retire. I think that's going to hurt as much as losing a guard can hurt in the NFL. Also, dude, there's math. You don't go 14 and two in back-to-back -back years. You just don't do it. Nobody does it, you know? No, I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they expect, you know, I wouldn't expect them to, but I, yeah, I just think you have to, uh, to start out. I think they're the favorites, they're the favorites to win the division. We'll see. We'll see what Pittsburgh does. If, if, if Ben can come back and, and look like the, the quarterback he, he was before the injuries, for the injury uh, and with that defense, they, they should certainly be nine, 10 wins, I would think. Um, and really all, all, all that really matters. You get in the playoffs, right? That's, I mean, we've seen it time and time again in the NFL, just get in. I think the Steelers won from won the Super Bowl from a wild card position one year. Just get in yeah, the playoffs. Get, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just be, be play, being play well uh, at the right time of the year. So, uh, it's a long year. I, I, again, I don't think they have to win the division. This is the year. I think they're adding a wild card too, right? We're adding a wild card. They're team. adding. They're adding. A, yeah, they're adding a team uh, to the mix. Oh. So the, they're, they're, that's going to be both good and bad, I guess, depending on your perspective. Because the 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 one and the two seeds, I think, aren't getting buys or something like that. I, I don't. I don't have it off the top of my head since you're bringing it up on the show here. We can look it up. Uh, but yeah. there is. It, it's an expanded playoff. You're going to get in. I, I just when when I look at this when I look at the Steelers as, as it relates to the rest of the AFC, I'm not thinking honestly as much about Baltimore as I am about Kansas City. Uh, not that you can afford to look past the Ravens or whatever. I'm just saying that I mean to me, the way the Chiefs did what they did, and, and then I, I think they I think in, in adding uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the draft took the one thing that their offense didn't really have and addressed it with an exclamation point. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I think the Chiefs – and then the road runs through Kansas City, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, no question. I mean, this is uh, – Patrick Mahomes is, is – looks like he's he's here to stay. Uh, they've, they've been a good team for a couple of years. Don't forget, two years ago, I mean, they lost in overtime, right, in the AFC championship game, I think, to, to New England. So, uh, this is not just one year. This has been a couple no. of years, and uh, there's no reason – uh, to think it's not going to continue, you know, again, barring like anything, an injury to Mahomes. Uh, but they look really good. And, uh, yeah, again, I, I just think that from Pittsburgh's standpoint, get in, and then you, you, then you see, kind of see what happens. Uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's, and also with, with the, the Steelers, you know, who steps up this year as, as receivers for Ben? And, and was that all it was with some of those receivers last year? Juju did kind of did not – really just take the reins after A.B. left. So it's a big year for him.